0: Welcome to the Health Humanities Podcast. Our mission is to facilitate interdisciplinary thinking and creative work related to illness, caregiving, and medicine. I'm Elizabeth Coletti, the Editor-in-Chief of the Health Humanities Journal of UNC Chapel Hill, and this episode we'll hear from Claire Landis, who's a student majoring in business and psychology. We'll start with hearing her read her personal narrative. Thank you. We hope you enjoy.
1: Thank you. It was nighttime, but there were so many fluorescent lights on in the hospital room that it felt like it was noon. Amidst all the chaos, I stared blankly ahead at a whiteboard. Claire, she said for the second time. My eyes traced the letters and faded blue markers spelling out fall risk. I hugged my knees to my chest. Honey, she pleaded, you have to drink this. I closed my eyes and shook my head. I don't let my patient's blood sugar get this low. Your organs are going to fail. I shook my head again as tears started to form come on, you can do this, you have to do this, you don't have a choice here. She tried handing me the juice again. I took it this time, drank it all in one big sip, and started to cry. You did good, you're okay. I turned away and buried my head in the thin hospital pillow. The next day, they put a tube in my nose that followed down to my stomach. It felt as if they had prodded a giant knife into my sinuses and throat. Because it kept sliding out of my nostril, I had to jab the stagger deeper and deeper into my body. The nurse who gave me the juice the night before saw how much it hurt me and carefully taped the tube to my face so it wouldn't move. When you've been a nurse as long as I have, you learn how to do these things. She winked at me. You can call me if there's anything else you need. I'm here all night. I was excited to see her the following night when I was more stable. We were able to talk a little bit about life. She showed me pictures of her granddaughter and we laughed. I gave her a long hug when I left a week later. She told me she was so proud of me and that I had to keep fighting because I could win. Although that nurse only knew me for one week, she had cared about me so deeply. I had been battling anorexia for almost half my life and she became my ally at the time when it got the closest to winning. She was the person who helped me survive. Today, it has been over a year since I met her, yet I see her everywhere. And every time I wanna say thank you. I see her and my friends staying up late studying to be pharmacists and PAs. I see her and my boyfriend working hard to fulfill his pre-med requirements. I see her whenever I walk past someone crying in the library over a failed organic chemistry exam. I see her in my dad when he comes home from a long day of seeing patients. I know that a career in medicine is demanding, hard, exhausting work, and I know patients are difficult because I have been an exceedingly difficult patient myself. But what I really want to say is thank you. These current and future healthcare providers serve a greater purpose than they know. They save people who need encouragement, those who need a helping hand, or just a sugary cup of medicine. They save me.
0: You can read that personal narrative with the rest of the Health Humanity Journal Spring 2020 issue on our website. Claire, thanks so much for joining me today to talk about your piece. Thank you so much for having me. So This narrative covers an incredibly intense personal moment. Why did you feel driven to share your story in this way?
1: I think I felt really driven to share my story in this way because it was so important to me to recognize how helpful the healthcare providers were. You know, I grew up with my dad being a healthcare provider and a lot of people in my life being that way, but I didn't really understand, like, the importance and the impact they made on their patients' lives until I was the patient. And I don't know, I just thought that it was really important to emphasize that and to show all of their hard work.
0: So are you open to talking a little more about your recovery story to give some context to the piece?
1: I am, yeah, definitely. So I'd been dealing with anorexia for a long time, It started when I was pretty young um, and then it just got really bad, like my freshman year of college. And so I did end up like having to go to the hospital, like I wrote about um, in this piece. And I think that, you know, even though it was like a really scary kind of difficult time, it was also kind of like the beginning of like a better recovery because I'd been trying at recovery for years and not really doing a great job. But I think that this was sort of the moment that started. It was like a really long journey, but it was also um, one that I think has been really good. And I feel like today I'm like very recovered, which I never thought I could be. That moment was really bad, but it did kick off um, something that was ultimately really hard, but also really, really good in the end.
0: Well, congratulations on feeling recovered. That's That's a huge achievement. Thank you. How did you approach kind of sitting down to write the story out? Was it cathartic for you or was it difficult, but you felt that it needed to be shared anyway?
1: That's a really good question. So it was a little bit of both. I think it was cathartic and that writing has always been cathartic for me. It's, I think, a really good tool to use to take whatever's going on in your head and just to put it on paper. And then you can look at it and it's not just stuck in your head anymore. And it was also important for me to share this piece with other people because this healthcare worker, um, when I was going through this really difficult time, she did have such a huge impact in my life and I wanted to acknowledge that. I think it was still really difficult to share because this piece is so personal, but I had some friends encourage me that, no, this is a good idea, like you should share it. Um, Even if it does feel a little bit vulnerable and uncomfortable, it's still better to share your story than not to.
0: Yeah, I I am glad that you did share it. And I am always impressed by how vulnerable people can be in in these stories that are important to share. And it's, it's kind of gratifying to know that this journal can provide a platform where we can tell these stories that are difficult, but that are important. So do you recommend writing in the Health Humanities as part of a healing process for patients?
1: I think so. Yeah, definitely. Because I think whatever health issue you're going through, and of course it's different for every person, but I think it would be helpful just to write out, you know, your experience and your journey and write about the people who are with you on that journey. Because like I said earlier, it is just, it's nice when there's a lot going on, not to just have it all in your head and to be able to put it down on a piece of paper.
0: And that gratitude for frontline healthcare workers to me, kind of has become even more salient since this piece was published in the spring. Do you think that the coronavirus pandemic has forced people more to realize and appreciate the work that nurses and caregivers do?
1: So, I think that, you know, COVID has really transformed the way that we see healthcare workers. And obviously, you know, after my experience, I was very grateful to healthcare workers and all of those things. But I think COVID added just another layer to that. So I actually ended up, I had a few COVID symptoms and I went to UNC student health to get tested Mm -hmm. and I was negative, like I didn't have it or anything, but going there to the testing center was almost a very emotional experience. Just seeing all these people in PPE doing this dangerous job in order to keep everyone safe. Um, And I think that was also very eye opening for me and I'm sure for a lot of other people who have had an experience like that.
0: You mentioned in the piece that your dad is a doctor. So how has being around people working in medicine affected your perspective on the healthcare system?
1: I think the biggest thing that I've learned about the healthcare system with my dad being in healthcare is that it is is a really challenging business to work in like any other business, but it's so different because you're caring for people and if you make a mistake at work, it's not just like something on a balance sheet. It's more life or death. Yeah. And I think that that's a really stressful place for some healthcare workers to be in. But I feel like that as I've gotten older, I've recognized like how strong they are for being able to go to work every day and to do those hard things. And I think that it really is more of a calling and like a special gift, even though working in healthcare does get difficult sometimes. And I think especially with all of the red tape and healthcare with like insurance and executives, I think that that makes it even harder for healthcare workers, but they continue to show up every day and try their best to take care of their patients, which I think is really cool.
0: I definitely see what you mean by that about healthcare being a calling. I'm curious if you're interested in medicine in any way yourself.
1: I am. Yeah, I'm really interested in being a therapist eventually, hopefully um, after I finish at Chapel Hill. I want to go to grad school for that. I thought about doing medicine, like physical medicine for a while, and I took a couple science classes, and I realized that I was definitely passionate about helping people, but I didn't enjoy the science behind it, and I was really more interested in thoughts and feelings rather than you know, what was happening in the body. Um, So that's why I think I've chosen the route to um, hopefully become a therapist.
0: I think that is so important to consider. Healthcare is not just the body, but it is also the mind. So do you have other ways that you're pursuing the health humanities and this goal of being
1: a therapist? I am. So I started working as a research assistant in one of UNC's research labs. It's the developmental social neuroscience lab. And that has, I just started um, a few weeks ago, but it's been a really great experience so far and really empowering. Uh, most of the people who work there are pretty young um, female PhDs, which I think is so cool. Um, and it's just a really empowering space to be in and to work with and to get their help with like moving forward with a career um, in psychology So I'm really looking forward to continuing working there and making more connections like that in the health humanities.
0: Can you talk about what kind of work you're doing there? Like what specifically is that lab researching?
1: Basically they're looking at um, neurological development in teens and they're doing this um, through having them complete a bunch of different tasks and looking at their brain under an fMRI machine And it's really, really interesting to see the work that they're doing and to see how um, they're studying neurological development, because I think the teenage years and adolescence, it's such an interesting and transformational time for neurological development. So it's really cool that they're uncovering some of that. And I'm really, really lucky that I get to be a part of it.
0: That sounds so interesting. To wrap up, would you like to share any words of encouragement or advice for people who are, who may be struggling with a similar thing as you were or for patients in
1: general? The biggest piece of advice I would have is to like have faith. And I don't know, like, I think everyone has faith in something different. But I think that when you are struggling with mental health or mental illness and you do get to this kind of rock bottom or even not even rock bottom, but just any point that it is really bad it's hard to see that you'll ever come out of it on the other side. And I think that sometimes it feels impossible that you anything could ever change or ever be different. But I think the biggest thing for me in my recovery is just like having faith that it'll get better one day and just saying, okay, I'll hold on. I'll do this one more day and then I'll do it the next day and just taking it one day at a time and hoping and really like believing that it will get better if you keep just pushing through uh, what you have to push through.
0: Thank you so much for coming to talk with me and for reading your narrative. I've really enjoyed this conversation.
1: Thank you so much. I enjoyed it too.
0: Thank you for listening. You can find Claire's narrative and the rest of the Health Humanity Journal Spring 2020 issue on our website, linked in the show notes, or go to hhj.web.unc.edu. The music you're hearing now and at the top is from Andy G. Cohen. Thanks again to Claire for coming to talk with me. And be sure to watch for our next episode to hear more from the authors of the Health Humanities Journal of UNC Chapel Hill.